This week's episode is brought to you by SketchWallet. SketchWallet provides some awesome products for artists on the go, like travel size sketch pads, pencils, and of course, let's not forget SketchWallet's feature product, the SketchWallet. It's a handy little high quality wallet made from real durable materials that acts as a wallet for your mini sketch pad and pencil and things you'd normally keep in your wallet. And it fits right into your back pocket or purse. Then when you fill up your sketchbook, they make it easy to refill your sketch wallet with easily reloadable materials that you can order right off the website. So head to sketchwallet.com T-A-N right now to check out their beautifully made leather options as well as their budget and vegan friendly canvas options coming soon. Again, that's sketchwallet.com T-A-N. This is the Animation Network. With this podcast, you get to tune in every week to hear top industry professionals in my network discussing network animation. Our goal here is to bring you effective tips, tricks, secrets, and practices for breaking into and navigating through the current landscape of TV animation. I'm your host, Chris Wimberly. Thanks for tuning into the network today. Welcome back, all you beautiful networkers. If you're looking for yet another week of being productive and inspired, you came to the right place. Also, thanks again for the tremendous response to the ticket giveaway last week for the Mixer coming up at the end of this month. You guys are just so excited, just as excited as we are, and it showed when every single ticket got scooped up in less than a day and a half. And listen, don't forget to check out the Facebook page for info on the after party if you weren't able to snag a ticket. The response for the mixer was so huge that we wanted a way to accommodate those who won't get access to the Cartoon Network rooftop mixer, but, you know, can still meet up with us at a second location that same night. So be sure to look out for that online. Now this week, I was so excited to sit down with one of my good buddies in animation, and this guy comes fully loaded with experience from all corners of the TV animation industry. So if you're looking to get into storyboards, this episode is for you. So um, so yeah, this will be pretty interesting, I think. I hope you're, I hope you're ready. I'm ready now. Oh, now. Okay. You caught me <laughs> off guard. <laughs> All right. It's timing. I told you. It is, man. And you have impeccable timing. Thanks. So, yeah. All right, man. Well, then um, let, let's get into it. So, right. uh, dude, I'm super excited to have you on my podcast finally mm-hmm. because you've been around since I started this puppy like years ago now. Yeah. It's been years, literally. Since Disney. Yeah. The the beginnings of Disney. Yeah. <laughs> That's how long ago. Yeah. So this is great, man. So um, I'm excited to have you on this. Um, my good buddy, Mark, uh, a.k.a. Rhino Wilson. That's right. <laughs> a.k.a. <laughs> Don't you forget it. <laughs> yeah. A.k.a. Uh, Tony Hannah Montana. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be good. Esquire. A.k.a. Buster Sanchez <laughs> is in the building. Um, but enough about that. How about you introduce yourself? All right. Well, most of the people know me as Mark Maxi. I'm a storyboard artist on JG Kintel's new show, uh, Close Enough. And it's we're working at Cartoon Network, but it's going to be on TBS. Man, you have you told that to a lot of people? Because it sounds <laughs> like you've got it down better than most people explain. I, I have. Well, actually, the title of the show has changed so much. It was yeah. always JG Kintel's new show so that's right. always what we called it and then it was what was it i, I the original title yeah uh it went through a splitting couple rent. splitting rent yeah, yeah 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 so yeah it's been through some iterations but uh nevertheless here we are and the show is called close enough yeah close people, enough <laughs> people always wonder like yeah but what's the name of it like, right. i told you it's yeah yeah close enough <laughs> um so we can't say it without like pausing and you know when you say yeah you have to emphasize it you're right yeah yeah uh, which also is now seen, uh, you can see it now on YouTube, the sizzle reel for it. Yeah. So if you, cause they, they premiered it at, uh, San Diego Comic-Con. So. And it seemed to get a lot of good feedback, which I'm yeah. glad about. A lot of views, a lot of views. <laughs> yeah, right. man. Good feedback means, yeah. um, longer jobs. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what's important. <laughs> that's the only thing that's important. Yeah. Uh, awesome, man. Well, normally where I like to start, um, on this you've listened to this yeah. show before right okay yeah 
because you're a good friend. Of course. That's why. Um, so I'm going to start in the same place I start with everybody I would else. if I wasn't a friend, by the way. Oh, you would? <laughs> I would listen. Oh, thanks, would listen. man. That means a lot. Your, your smooth voice, smooth singing voice. Oh, I like that. Yeah. You know, I get asked <laughs> all the time if I can sing. Yeah. And I really wish that I can, and uh, maybe I can, but I'm too busy drawing to find out. So It's confidence, Chris. <laughs> so sing just, something for yeah, me. Yeah, just have that confidence. I don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's fair. Um, anyway, so here's where I normally start with these shows. Mm-hmm. Um, can you give a brief bio leading up to your first big break into animation, um, preferably starting from when you left high school. Like, what what was your thought process? What was your path like? Um, in high school, really, I wanted to be a painter. Mm-hmm. and But I loved animation, but I was like, oh, I'm, I want to be a background painter. So I started with that, mm-hmm. and uh, then I was like, oh, 3D, 3D animation and stop motion. I really got into that stuff with uh, Tim Burton, and uh, Henry Selleck's work. But uh, then, like, to do that, they would say, oh, you need to take figure drawing classes Mm -hmm. and take animation classes. So you do traditional. And I I was always a fan of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I always loved drawing, but I really, like, fell in love with it when I was doing it. And so that's all I wanted to do was uh, traditional then. But uh, so I wanted to go to CalArts, and I didn't get in. In high school. Welcome to the club. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and like, I couldn't pay for it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so Welcome to the club. Yeah, the other yeah. club. <laughs> and uh, kind of at the last minute, I'm like, okay, I'll go to uh, Cal State Northridge. Nice. And I Welcome went there. Welcome to the third club. Yeah, yeah. We're both Cal State. At Cal State. Yeah. So you don't have to go to, like, a big art school. Right. And end up and be successful. So, but yeah, I did a lot of uh, small jobs. Uh like I worked at Denny's, I worked at oh, really? a hardware store. Really? Yeah, I wow. worked as a video game tester at nice. THQ, like nice. uh, doing race car games. And I, that's the first time I ever fell asleep at work because it, it <laughs> sounds like a fun time, but it's it's really boring. Cause wow. It, yeah, yeah. Okay. So. You didn't fall asleep at work at Denny's? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> By the way, no. if you're not from... California or the States, Denny's is like your run-of-the-mill, super standard, anybody-can-eat-there type restaurant. They've got like any kind of bland food that you can think of from yeah. breakfast foods to like cafe food, right? Right. Well, it's a, it's a lot of breakfast food. Yeah. Well, I think that's the main reason I guess why people ca- go. Yeah, yeah. But they well, no, the, the main, people, main reason people go is because everything else closes. Yes. And then everyone filters towards uh, Denny's. Yes. That is a very great point. Yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> so you worked all these small jobs. And yeah. Then... And then um, the whole time I was trying to get animation work. Mm-hmm. And after I graduated from uh, Cal State Northridge, it was the time when Disney had uh, uh, laid off tons of people Mm -hmm. so there wasn't work at all Mm -hmm. when I was when I was uh, trying to find work and I got an internship at Warner Brothers oh wow and then that fell through because they were doing feature oh and then the feature fell through and I didn't get that so I went actually a long time with bad luck yeah out of school and like I just kept going I was taking art classes on the side. Mm-hmm. I was working a lot. I was always keeping myself busy, working full time. It was. It was. I'm, I'm surprised I could do as much as I did. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. And, and and yeah, finally, I just never gave up. And finally, uh, there's a place called Mike Young Productions mm-hmm. that is a. It was a small smaller studio. It's pretty big for being a non-union studio, mm-hmm. but. Um, there was a lady there who's, uh, I don't know what I would call her uh, position, but her name was Maura Sullivan. Mm-hmm. And she she kind of did the hiring and talked with uh, directors and producers and everything. Mm-hmm. She was the go-between. But she's the one that helped me get my first internship, and mm-hmm. that was at Mike Young Productions. And that lasted for about two weeks, and they hired me pretty quickly. I was, wow. Yeah, I was lucky. Like, I was really happy to 
finally get work. It, it was like a blessing, really. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny you say that. I mean, not funny, but it, it's. I'm glad you said that for a couple of reasons. One reason is because, like, you know, I get all these emails from people who are trying to break in, and you know, yeah. I do these like 30 minute mentorships with people where they're trying to figure out what their path is. Um, so many times they forget to look at these non-union smaller studios right you know and there's so much work and opportunity there really yeah you can't just look at the the big studios the big five, yeah. i mean that's the easiest to find yeah that they're looking but it's you got to look at all studios and yeah. uh really you'll find good artists good writers like top talent in every studio mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how big it is you'll find uh uh people that you can learn from uh and I learned a ton from where I was at. Like, I learned on the job, really. It was like a yeah. university, really. Yeah. <laughs> that was my Cal Arts, was being in the jo- on the job. Absolutely. I mean, I tell people all the time, I and I love the school I went to, and I learned mm-hmm. a lot. But in terms of industry standard, you learn more in your first six months than six years of art school. Yeah, yeah, you know? definitely. And there's there's a little bit of exaggeration there, but, but definitely the feeling is, you know, it feels like that. Right, you know? yeah. Yeah. Um, that's awesome, man. Um, and what was that first role as? Um, I was doing storyboard revisions. Okay. Yeah. And the other thing about uh, small studios mm-hmm. is that you kind of wear a lot of hats. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I was doing some prop designs. I did some mm-hmm. character designs. Um, I did some boarding. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just whatever they need. Yeah, like they need a hand. You jump in, and I was happy to do it because you just learn doing it, and it's what what I always wanted to do. So, yeah, man, that's great. That's, that's real cool. Perfect <laughs> answer, um, and very thorough. So, another reason why I love that you laid out that answer so with so much detail is because you said something that was kind of key in there, which is a non-union studio. Right. Which, by the way. Mike Young Productions was what it was called when you were there, right? But it they right. have a new name now. It, it, it went through a couple names. It, <laughs> yeah. it, it was Mike Young Productions, then it became uh, Moon Scoop. Yeah. And then it, now I think it's called Splash Entertainment. Hopefully still. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when awesome. it airs, it might be something different. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, okay, so the, the point I want to get to is that, yeah, you said non-union studio. Some people aren't too sure what that means, um, but... Definitely, uh, we've had at least one episode where we talk about what it means to be a union, a, a union studio. But the question I want to ask you is, for people who don't quite know what that means, what do you think are two or three differences that you noticed working between union and non-union studios since you've done both now? Um, union studios, uh, I would say, they the biggest thing is you get more pay. Mm-hmm. And more pay attracts more talent. That's true, yeah. So it doesn't mean that non-union studios don't have big talent. They totally do. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, union just attracts that talent. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of younger people are at non-union studios because mm-hmm. uh, I think non-union studios, in my experience, has been that you'll work a lot of extra hours and um, a lot of time you don't get paid for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, union studios, they they try not to because mm-hmm. uh, they'll drop the hammer. The union will drop the <laughs> hammer. The union will yeah. drop the hammer. <laughs> At least they try. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. And, yeah. and I like that you're kind of playing defense a little, writing defense a little bit and like – you know because there is like you said there are some benefits to working at a small studio especially like I've talked to a lot of young cats who are like I just want to be a part of the process and I they want to try different hats yeah and so working at a non-union is great yeah working in a union studio you have a specific job that you do and you stay in that one title right right and you could get stuck there too Oh, right yeah it's very (laughs) true yeah we've seen that happen a few times yeah uh, that's a good point. Yeah. Awesome, man. No, that's, that's great. Yeah. Um, so I like that you also said, and I asked you this specifically about, 
uh, where you started. You said you started as a storyboard revisionist. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I wanted to ask you is, you know, graduating from a revisionist to that's maybe not a good word because <laughs> some people want to stay as revisionists. Yeah. But being promoted from a re- revisionist to a full bar- board artist, uh, what do you think are two things that you did to show that you were ready for that kind of leap? I think uh, when you're when you're doing storyboard revisions, you're you're punching up uh, freelance boards, or at least I was, mm-hmm. and fixing a lot of problems. You're going over notes, mm-hmm. uh, both from the network and from your director and wh- whoever. Um, you you pick up so much, and just being close to the director, they know what you can do. Right. So, so sometimes you're not just uh, fixing little things like putting a hat on a character in every panel. Uh, they'll give you new scenes to storyboard. Mm-hmm. So that's part of the job, really, as a revisionist, is adding that that stuff as well. So it's just a small chunk. And uh, being a storyboard artist, you're just doing a whole lot more. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, the director learns what you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, you have to tell them what you want. Because you could you you could get stuck as a revisionist if you don't just want to do it, mm-hmm. and uh, like and, and not just going from a, a storyboard revisionist to a storyboard artist, but a storyboard artist to being a director. Right. Like yeah. you got to let people know what you want to be mm-hmm. or move around, uh, even if it's totally different. If you're like, say, you're a prop designer, but you want to do characters, or you you want to do. Uh, uh, boards, it, it doesn't matter. You like have to let people know. Like being a designer to boards. Yeah, 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 you, yeah. You really have to let people know. Yeah, that's good, man. That's perfect. I love that. <laughs> um, awesome. So one, another thing that I'm really curious about um, with you specifically, this is actually why I asked you to come onto this show, uh, because you bring a certain set of experience that not a lot of people get to acquire. Um, and so this is like the meat and potatoes of this particular interview. Um, but for people who don't really know your history, you have worked on a wide range of shows. And not just meaning that you've worked on like 17 shows in your <laughs> history, but yeah. the fact that you've worked on everything from junior shows, like for example, a Disney Junior or mm-hmm. whatever show, all the way up to, or I guess we should call them preschool shows. Yeah, yeah. All the way up to um, adult primetime, which um, one of your big claim to fames that people may not know is that you worked on Rick and Morty. Yeah. Right? For first three seasons so first far. First three. So far. Wow. <laughs> I didn't even realize. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, and then here we are obviously on this show, which is uh, going to be a primetime show as well. Right. Um, Close enough. Yeah, yeah. One more time. <laughs> Close enough. Shameless plug. Yeah. Uh, so my question, my next question or two, kind of relates to this experience that you have. Um, what do you think prompted you to expand your range into the different genres, going from preschool to adult shows? Um, well, let's just say I I started at Mike Young Productions again. Mm-hmm. Um, it. It was a studio. They had a lot of uh, it was a lot of preschool shows mm-hmm. to begin with, mm-hmm. um, and some were really really good. Like I started on Jakers, and that won an Emmy Award for outstanding uh, children's oh, wow. show. Awesome! So it was a PBS show, and to me, it's always a good story is a good story, yeah. no matter what uh, who Amen. it's for. <laughs> Amen to that. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so to me, that's the most important thing. Um, I've always loved uh, 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 DuckTales was one of my favorite shows. Mm-hmm. Um, Aeon Flux was one of my mm-hmm. favorites. Uh, Samurai Jack, mm-hmm. Batman, like all the, uh, there, there was such a wide range of uh, shows that I liked, mm-hmm. but Aeon Flux was actually my favorite show. Yeah, that, right. That's what I wanted to get into, and that was a total uh, adult show. Uh, created by Peter Chung. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if you look up his work, it's just the guy's a Amazing. genius. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree with you, man. Yeah. I, I know exactly what you're saying. So, um, so yeah, uh, going from preschool, my IMDB page mm-hmm. was completely pink. 
Uh, okay. I was actually <laughs> like I tease tease everyone or tell everyone uh, it'd be like Care Bears strawberry shortcake and and these are the new 3D ones. Yeah, right. Um, I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a good point. That's yeah, a good disclaimer. Yeah. Yeah, just letting you know. Um, yeah, so I was working on the preschool shows and then uh, I was really dying to to work on something very cartoony. Oh, okay. Um, so Nickelodeon was actually one of the studios I really wanted to work for, and I did a lot of tests for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never actually got work there. Oh, okay. So that 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 was actually my dream studio, and I never me too. got to work there. Oh. <laughs> you you did though. Well, you yeah. did. <laughs> but we're not talking about me. Yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> uh, I saw Brian Newton uh, one day. Yeah. He I'm good friends with him. And he directs on Rick and Morty, and uh, he was wearing now a he does yeah yeah, right. uh, but at the time he was too. Oh, he was then. Oh, okay. And but he was just doing a pilot, oh, and I saw right. a TV, I I saw a shirt he had on. I was like, wow, that that looks really cool. What <laughs> what is that? He's like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I he says, uh, it's it's pretty good. <laughs> we'll we'll see we'll see how it does. Yeah, and. He said it was sci-fi, and I was like, "Oh my god, it's a sci-fi show!" Because I I love sci-fi stuff, and uh, yeah, flex. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I was like, uh, if, "If they're taking tests, let me know." He was like, "Yeah, okay." So he when when they were taking tests, he gave it to all of his friends, and I guess, I guess there was like a hundred over a hundred tests wow. for that first season. Yeah, and I was lucky enough to to get on the show. So. Yeah. And skilled in that. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, well, well, I was dying to get that job. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So. That's good. Um, so the most important thing I heard you say in that is um, Batman. Right, right. So, um, <laughs> I, I figured. <laughs> yeah. So let's uh, talk about that for the next 45 minutes. Right. <laughs> um, no, that's good. Uh, and it's, I think, I think the actual important thing that I heard here is, well, two things. Number one, that you had a desire to fit that new genre, that bigger scope. So Mm -hmm. that's what prompted you. But the other thing that I'm gathering is there's a little bit of like going where the work is, right? Like the fact that you were at Mike Young working on, you know, the newer versions of Care Bears and stuff like that is because that's where the work was and that's where you ended up. And then you were trying to get at Nickelodeon because that's where work was. And unfortunately didn't get there, but then there was a pilot and there was work to be had and uh, for Rick and Morty and that's where you right, went next. Right, right. And, and that was a time like nobody knew what Rick and Morty was. Even uh, at San Diego Comic-Con yeah. uh, for the first season, like hardly, there were there wasn't even that <laughs> many people there yeah. in, in the audience. Yeah. Which I find now people are sleeping outside to get in. Yeah, dude, so. <laughs> I, I heard the stories this year of how crazy it was. Yeah. And you with Pickle Rick and all this kind of right. crazy stuff. Yeah. And didn't you even say, too, that, like, you had, like, a crazy experience, Comic-Con Rick and Morty experience, right, that, like, led to some kind of weird claim to fame that you didn't expect? Uh, I worked on a, uh, a clip from the Rixie Minutes episode of uh, Rick and Morty from the first season. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a mix of the Tricks character and Lucky from Lucky Charms. <laughs> and it was, it was very uh, uh, violent, a very violent scene that I, where, where uh, the character gets disemboweled. Oh, jeez. And, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty graphic. And uh, Robert Kirkman, my uh-huh. name drop, uh, he <laughs> yeah. he was on the commentary during that episode mm-hmm. of the DVD, and he was saying how much it grossed him out. Wow! So, and Robert Kirkman, if you don't know, he's the guy who created Wa- Walking Dead. So I grossed him out. So yeah. that that made me happy. Yeah, <laughs> dude, that is that's major points yeah. right there. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, hopefully you get your own show. Hopefully, <laughs> it's just it's just gonna be full of full full gore. Yeah, full of gore. <laughs> Cartoon gore. Animation. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so so here's something interesting. Um, when you work on a show, there's something that we call the network, which you're extremely familiar with, which is this kind of ambiguous, <laughs> sort of nebulous cloud of executives that sort of hand down these notes about different things. Um, that you can do on shows or that you can't do on shows. 
So I'm wondering what are some of those network differences that you noticed between the different age brackets on the shows that you worked on? Okay, um, I, I would say uh, I'd divide the age groups into three. So there'd be preschool shows, mm-hmm. uh, just kids shows, and adu- adult shows. Mm-hmm. Um, preschool shows are super safe. Mm-hmm. So you have to be careful. You're going to get a lot of notes from them. Um, there's SMP notes that mm-hmm. are standard. That it, SMP stands for uh, uh, standards and practices, mm-hmm. and uh, you'll you'll kind of go in knowing what you can and can't do. Um, like you'll if they're in a car, they have to have seatbelts, or if they're on a bike, they have to have a helmet. Um, yeah. And and violence, like they want zero violence, really. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's, it's actually kind of hard to be funny that mm-hmm. way, because there's there's not a whole lot you could work with, mm-hmm. um, because it's so safe. Um, kids shows you're able to get away with a lot more, um, and it depends on on what place. Like like at uh, say Adventure Time can get away with a lot more than say, a Disney show. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and that's just the, the channel, the network itself. Um, I, I once got a note, actually, on a kid's show. Uh, it was called Growing Up Creepy. And it, it was a s- Discovery Kids show. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, run by uh, Discovery Kids. They had, it was a new program they had. Oh, okay. And I guess it was new people there mm-hmm. so so you kind of get notes that <laughs> make you really roll your eyes and and the one of the notes we got uh the character creepy she was uh on a boat and i, I guess she fell into the water mm-hmm. but she had a, a life jacket on mm-hmm. and w- we got a note from discovery and they were saying that uh the life jacket didn't have enough straps on it <laughs> that she was going to drown. Right. And we're like, no, she's not going to drown. This is animation. She'll only drown if we animate her drown. Right, exactly. But it's it's like they, I don't know, it's, it's just one of the weird notes that you remember from uh, a long time ago. <laughs> they're, they're entertaining, to say the least. <laughs> yeah. And, and you get a lot of that from kids' shows and, and preschool especially. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good because I um... – I think it's it's funny how some of some of the notes that you think you would get because they're based in common sense like you're probably right you're probably going to get those notes yeah so steer away from them but some you just can't expect well, well also i don't know if i'd always want to stay away from them i i feel like sometimes you have to push things, yeah yeah um just to know where the boundary is <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> because sometimes it's really funny and uh it just isn't funny if if you if you edit yourself. Sometimes that stuff gets through. Mm-hmm. Uh especially if it's not bad. If it's not right. such a big deal. And I'm, I'm not going to put phallic symbols in in a, exactly. in a show or something exactly. in a kids show, but um just just little things. I don't think you should edit yourself so much. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think um, there was a season, uh, there was an episode last season of this podcast, um, actually the season finale with um, Owen Dennis, uh, who talks about having to tiptoe around certain things. And it's like, we're talking about cartoons here. Right. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, I mean, and that comes with a whole set of um, preferences and worldviews and et cetera, et cetera. But, that's interesting, though. Um, with uh, now with uh, adult animation, yeah, that's something you really want to push. Okay, the boundaries of because right. you never know what's going to get cut and what'll be put in, yeah. and I mean it all depends on the style of the show. Mm-hmm. But uh, say on Rick and Morty, uh, I worked on the Tiny Rick episode, and I would say the stuff that they had us at it was just like language uh nudity uh, mm-hmm. we had all of it um and but as as violent as it was as violent as all of our episodes were on rick and morty they they really didn't 
edit edit it down much at all. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. And <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. St- <laughs> stuff you're like, how is this gonna get through? And it does. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I, you read my mind because I was about to ask you about that. Yeah. So, uh, no, that's great, and that's something that I'm learning now, being that this show for me close enough is completing this series of different types of shows so now I've worked on preschool like regular kids shows which right. is like 6 to 11 and yeah. now, and now my first primetime show and so, sometimes uh, if you're working on a kids show for a long time and then you move over to an adult show you kind of get surprised of the things that you can do yeah yeah. And you're like, oh, I, I forgot. You, yeah. you could you could do this. Wait, you could show them drinking? What? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. one thing you can't do is show them smoking. Still, yeah. Yeah, you still can't do that. And uh, underage drinking. Uh, right. You, you can't really show that. Uh, yeah. You just, the secret to that is just have kids with red cups. There you go. And Everybody you, knows what the yeah, red cup means. Yeah, and you could get away <laughs> with it that way. Yeah. There's workarounds. <laughs> That's funny. Actually, this is a good segue for my next question, which is kind of in the same vein, actually. But what do you think are, um, or can you at least think of an example for artistic advantages and disadvantages between working from in each um, age bracket? I think uh, working on any show, you're going to learn something from it. Um, even if it's the same uh, audience that mm-hmm. you're working for. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I learned most from uh, kid shows and, and children's shows is simplicity mm. and uh, simplicity of staging, simplicity uh, and clarity, um, simplicity of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Like uh, even if you have a, a uh, complicated story, you want to start – with it, the the plot to be pretty simple because it's going to get complicated. Yeah. So you don't want to start it as a complicated uh, story. Otherwise, it'll just be ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It, it grows out of control. So. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. Um, I think there's different styles in uh, uh, young animation uh, versus adult animation. Yeah. Um, it depends on the on the time or the or the studio, but normally like a kid's show is very tight, very uh, s- strong silhouettes, I would mm. say very more designed than a an adult show. An adult show that they, they normally want something crude. Yeah, uh, I noticed that. Yeah, um, like Rick and Morty was pretty crude for for especially the family characters. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, and uh, a lot of the Adult Swim shows are are pretty uh, crude for the designs. They're very a little rickety. Yeah, Ooh, that's a good word. Yeah, yeah. I guess that, that's how I would explain it. Yeah, so much experience sitting here in front of <laughs> right in front of me, like I could just reach well, out. And... Well, another thing is is uh, not just genres, but it's the type of animation you're working on. Like uh, 3D versus a flash show versus sure. harmony and traditional. Like I've worked on everything and say boarding on a 3D strawberry shortcake is completely different than storyboarding on Close Enough. Yeah, here <laughs> yeah. And Rick and Morty. Like it's complete. It, it's like different language, really. Yeah. I, I there there's always the basics that you need to know, but the staging will be different. Uh, some sometimes it's very sitcommy, yeah. Uh, like and comedy side to side stuff versus mm-hmm. something dramatic where you go uh, uh, really heavy with the angles, uh, Dutch angles and whatever. Three D as well. You do you could do really crazy camera moves. Yeah. And and that that you could overdo it because yeah. <laughs> you see that a lot. But uh, you you could do anything with the camera and it's not going to cost too much more as if you did a big camera move in traditional animation, you got to animate all the background. So that's going to cost a fortune. So you avoid that yeah. if you can, unless it's a money shot. Yeah. Man, you just gave me some like PTSD um, <laughs> memories. You're <It's>, shaking. <laughs> yeah. Well, so what's funny about that is, um, and again, I don't want to go too far off of your story, but just to validate what you're saying, um, 
right before I came to this show, I was on a Disney Junior show that was a CG show mm-hmm. that was a preschool CG show. Right. And um, the big draw to it was that they wanted it to feel very cinematic. Yeah. From a dog's perspective, the show is <laughs> Puppy Dog Pals, which now you can see on, it is, they've started airing it already. Okay. But um, it's a very cinematic show. Mm-hmm. And um, talking about camera, man, like <laughs> I had to board out my camera moves. So essentially I was animating the camera moves. Yeah. And it's a pain. It is. It <laughs> is. A, it was really, really um, eye-opening because that was the first time I had to do it. Yeah. Then every time uh, we would turn stuff in, we kept getting notes like, yeah, just make sure it's like, just keep pushing, make it real cinematic, real cinematic. Then when I came to this show, uh-huh. <laughs> which is, I mean, if if anybody's familiar with um, a regular show, yeah. they're going to have an idea of what this show the is going to look like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I normally don't go into these kind of things, but I actually struggled a little bit when I came onto this show because I was so used to doing dynamic, cinematic boarding right. on that show and then yeah. being thrown into this show. is like, yeah, just make it flatter. Yeah, right. make it simpler. Make it more what you just said earlier, which is, uh, or a minute ago, which is um, sitcom-y, right? Yeah, yeah. And so after like, you know, an episode or two, like I finally latched onto it. Um, but yeah, it's just like that retraining. It, it, yeah, it, of your it, brain. it does that. I had that same problem when I was at Disney mm-hmm. working on 7D, which is where we met. 7D yeah. is uh, the Seven Dwarves. So, and <laughs> and, and we also had uh, Tom Ruger's aesthetic yes. that we would do very low to the ground shots mm-hmm. a lot. So uh, because it was so dynamic mm-hmm. and a lot of over the shoulder shots. Then I would go over to Rick and Morty, and I'm still doing the same thing <laughs> because, because yeah. I'm, like, used to that. And I, I guess I was in season three, and and they're like, what happened, Mark? You're drawing all these <laughs> low angles all the time. <laughs> what are you yeah. doing? I'm like, oh, sorry. It's it's just, like, leftover from the last job. Yeah, yeah. You have to do a big info <laughs> dump between yeah, shows. Yeah, yeah. And, and you could see that with a lot of artists, too. You could tell where they came from yeah. uh, based on their thumbnails yeah, and yeah. their boards. You're like, oh, you came from uh, Looney Tunes. <laughs> you worked on that because you, you draw the beak like this. Right. right. And, or, or just the gesture. You could really tell yeah. um, the way they draw. Like there's, there's artifacts from other shows that make it into their work. Right, right. So that to me sounds like advantages. Mm-hmm. So what about any disadvantages you may have? I would say for children's shows, normally they're pretty easy, especially preschool. But I think one of the disadvantages is songs to mm-hmm. me. Yeah, <laughs> um, I have song, to agree. <laughs> songs can be a lot of work, especially if there's a ton of characters mm-hmm. and uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, just characters all moving, dancing around or whatever. But uh, one of the funny things and sad things is the song gets stuck in your head Mm -hmm. forever. Yep. (laughs) Because you got to play it over and over and over. Yeah. And like the silliest songs, a a lot of times they're really catchy too. Yeah. And like you'll be, I don't know, out with your wife or girlfriend (laughs) or whatever. And it's just like. All of a sudden, you're singing, yeah, monkey, banana monkey, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. whatever, <laughs> from from some preschool show or, or something like that. Um, well, actually, one of the shows, uh, Strawberry Shortcake Show, I worked on, uh, it was actually a very fun show, though, mm-hmm. or fun song. It was Cherry Jam uh, oh, song, okay. and uh, it was called Everything... Anything is possible. That's what it was called, hmm. and uh, I guess it had over four million views on wow. YouTube. Yeah, it was really popular. But uh, that's actually a song I thought was was fun. <laughs> do you know? Do you know who <laughs> composed it, by the way? Uh, I don't know, but my director, um, Bob Hathcock, mm-hmm. he he was a roadie for a lot of uh, musicians in the seventies. Hmm. I think in the eighties too. So he was really into music. And yeah, he was thrilled about that, and he was having just as much fun mm-hmm. uh, putting it together. But then I, I would be uh, in a different room boarding, and I would keep hearing that song 
like from everywhere from from the director's room and the editing nice. bay it was like <laughs> i was always haunted by it yeah <laughs> Here. again ptsd i'm <laughs> yeah, like yeah uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah i know exactly what you're saying um that's good man and what about adult um i would say an advantage of uh working on an adult show mm-hmm. is that you're more in the audience so it's mm. more your cup of tea like i wouldn't watch a preschool show on my own mm-hmm. um <laughs> that's good yeah. or, or I, I mean for design yeah and and learning yeah but not on a regular basis right. for just me i i wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, you have no kids and right? yeah <laughs> and and for adult shows your peers know your work better i think that's true yeah and so you get a lot of cool points yeah and 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 it's important too because it it gets people excited about what you're doing and it gets yeah. you work. Like it's like, oh, you worked on Rick and Morty. Yeah. And like, yeah. I, did you do this? Yeah, I did that. And yeah, um, people get excited about it. And that's a lot of fun. Yeah. And other other shows, uh, I would mention what I'm working on and people go, huh, I never heard of that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm not surprised. Blank stare. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> yeah, man. That's, man. That's really good stuff, very, very, <laughs> and I, I can sympathize with so much of it. <laughs> um, um, a disadvantage, though, of mm-hmm. uh, adult animation, mm-hmm. I would say it's it's more writer-driven, and for an artist, you're yeah. kind of the backseat. You're less in charge. Yeah. Um, I think they tend to be more dialogue-heavy, mm. again, less visual. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, the pacing could get crammed. So a lot of times the timing is off because they're trying to fit everything in there. Right, right. So it'll be, I, I think sometimes it's just too much, mm-hmm. uh, too much to fit into 22 minutes. Um, so that's that's my biggest uh, problem with uh, adult animation really is that the timing is too crammed. <laughs> yeah, more, more and too jokes wordy. per minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, too wordy. Yeah, I, and and timing is so important for comedy, and I don't I don't like to not have good timing in a show. It's yeah, some 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 show some jokes need to marinate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, that's good. That's really good stuff. So w- with all this experience that you have um do you see yourself pushing to become a director anytime soon or at all yeah i mean i would love to become a director um i think it would be a lot of fun and i i'm pretty confident in everything we do uh yeah. working as a storyboard artist i think story is number one mm-hmm. and just telling that story is a director's job and that's pretty much what board artists do is like you're kind of an assistant director mm-hmm. i would say but but you are you're picking the shots you're doing the acting you're doing so much mm-hmm. um even designing so and you work with all the teams so yeah it's being a board artist for so long i'm pretty confident in like what i do um but i'm also picky about the shows <laughs> yeah right, right um i i did get a offer once to be a director and I turned it down just because it was, it was something I wasn't interested oh, that's in good. doing and I chose to work on Rick and Morty instead yeah. of that but uh, I don't know it depends on the project but I think I'm more open like more excited to be a director now and, oh, okay. and pitch my own shows as well that would be the ideal for yeah. for anyone anyone would say the same thing yeah i'm sure but actually no i found out um because i always think the same thing like everybody wants what i want and yeah then I, the the longer i'm in this industry the more i find out not that many people want to pitch shows or run a show like yeah they'd rather just be a cog in the machine and help somebody else's vision happen you well know? well because they're doing what they want to do yes like exactly. if it, right like some people just want to uh, create characters, uh, be a character designer, right? And it, it's so cool to to create a character mm-hmm. and then see animators bring it to life. Yeah, and uh, that's what they enjoy doing. And I understand. And, and some people can't tell a story. That's true. Yeah. 
and some people don't aren't funny or, or <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't I'm not trying to be mean or anything but no, no, I've, yeah. I've seen people that that have tried and it's just like Ooh. Mm, yeah <laughs> that's I've not your thing <laughs> I've seen them yeah, as well yeah um but that's really good and I like the takeaway there which is like you kind of have to know yourself know what you're ready for mm-hmm. and know that it's okay to walk away from something like, well, I think you should try a lot of things too. And that's why sure. I said working at a small studio is really cool. Cause you get to wear a bunch of hats. You yeah. get a lot of, you get a lot of experience and, and everything I think. Yeah. But I, I mean, I guess what I mean is the fact that you were offered a director spot and you mm. didn't take it, like you were comfortable walking away from it because it wasn't right for you at that time. Right. And I think yeah. some people would take it, fearfully you know right well a lot of people that's just what they want is to move up yeah i i'm more interested in just working on projects i enjoy that's good yeah and i feel lucky to be able to be in that position that Mm -hmm. i i can Mm -hmm. um i can be picky Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. it um because i know some people uh it's really hard to find work and Sometimes timing is just bad, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Cool, man. Um, so I'm wondering what do you think is something that you've learned about the industry that you kind of have to be on the inside to see for yourself that you weren't maybe expecting before? I, th- I think uh, it's it's a little, it's pretty obvious, but, to me, what I've learned was that you really need to know people mm-hmm. to get work. Yeah. Um, you, I mean, you have to have a good portfolio. You got to have good people skills, but it's really important to know people. And it's not just about somebody bringing you in because you're friends. It's also about timing, like knowing when there are jobs. Mm-hmm. Like I, I told you that... Uh, I wouldn't have gotten the Rick and Morty job if I didn't know Brian Newton. Right. Like, I wouldn't have even found out that they were hiring for people. Mm-hmm. And and Brian didn't say, like, hey, you have to hire this guy because he, he had plenty of friends that, <laughs> that, that he gave yeah. the test to. But it, it was it was about uh, uh, timing mm-hmm. and, and knowing where the job is and when the job, when they're hiring. So yeah. that's really important. And that's one of the cool things about school is that you you meet your peers. And a lot of times at Disney, you would see someone has a new show and it's kind of a Congo line <laughs> of, of all the friends that, that yeah. end up on the show, too. Yeah. And, and I think that's that's really important. So th- I, what I'm trying to say is that not to be discouraged. Don't think you're not good enough if you turn in a portfolio because I did. I I turned in my portfolio so many times and I would just like say, oh, I'm not good enough. I didn't get this job. And then I wouldn't turn in another portfolio for months again because I was like, I have to redo it all. Mm -hmm. But a lot of it's just timing and you really have to know people and uh, get an in. Yeah, man. So wonderfully said. I mean, (laughs) obviously, I believe in that because the animation network yeah, is yeah. <laughs> all about like exactly generating that web of um, interaction and community and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so, and it's a, it's so important. Yeah, that's good, man. Cool. Um, so I really only have two questions left for you. Um, if you can stand sitting here for another few minutes, <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the things I wanted to ask you is, uh, what sort of things do you do outside of work? Um, to keep your creative mind and energy feeling fresh? Um, I would say, for me, I love painting. And it, and it's close to, to animation. Um, but I think people need to look outside of animation for inspiration, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Um, look at, read books. Books are really important. New music. Mm-hmm. Like, anywhere you can find inspiration. Um, for me... Uh, changing your scenery, uh, going on vacation. Absolutely. So important. Like, even if it's small, like I went to Catalina and I was like, 
I was drawing like crazy when I was there. Yeah. Um, when I was in Paris, I, I was drawing like crazy because you just get excited by new things, and it's it's such a good feeling. So, just change things up. Um, even classes, classes are really cool to take. Painting classes, watercolor, mm-hmm. um, figure drawing classes, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Yeah. Um, I I also started an in Instagram finally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm one yeah. of the last ones to join, so yeah. I, I I felt like that's kind of pushed me to uh, draw more outside yeah. of work. There's so much good stuff on there. Well, a, a lot of times you get so tired at work, especially being a board artist, because a lot of times you'll be working late. Yeah. And you get home and you just want to like watch Netflix <laughs> and chill. So. Yeah. Yeah. So shoot me for saying that. (laughs) No, dude, are you kidding? I completely get it. Yeah. Uh, That's really good. By the way, um, I always make sure to put all of my guests' uh, links and contacts Uh up on the page. So um, we'll put your Instagram handle up there so that people can find you. Cool. Um, Hopefully we'll get you another two or three followers. I hope so. Because your stuff <laughs> is cool, double, man. That'll double my, my followers. Yeah. Because <laughs> your stuff is, like, certainly cool. It's definitely different than anything that I would ever draw. Uh, so I love looking at it. It's very, um, for lack of a better word, or maybe it's the perfect word, but your stuff is kind of creepy. Well, well, it, it, it's, it's kind of both because I feel like I have two styles. So yeah. one's a cartoony style and yeah. another one's a f- creepy figurative style. Yeah. yeah. But... Uh, my name I'm going by is uh, Monster Haven. Yeah. But I don't have many monsters on there right now because <laughs> I used yeah, to draw yeah. them like crazy, but I, I'm i like, okay, I got to add to that. Well, you have to build up the suspense for your audience where right. they're like waiting when yeah. you going to start drawing crazy monsters. <laughs> so it's good. I'll, I'm on that. Awesome. Um, all right. Well, so then my last question for you is when thinking about your career as a whole, what inspires you, do you think, to bring passion to your job? every day after all this time? I think uh, what's cool about our job, especially in TV as opposed to feature, is that every day is different. You're, you're always doing something different. If, if you get bored of an episode, you're not on it for four years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're going you're gonna to have another episode next month. Yep. Um, so it, it do, things don't get stale. Um, you get really excited about certain episodes, especially when the script is really good or if it's board-driven, you have a great outline or idea you get really excited about. Um, There's always something to look forward to. Mm -hmm. I never feel stuck. Mm -hmm. And even even moving from studio to studio, it's totally different. Like uh, at Disney, it'll be... Like everyone's interests are different than uh, <laughs> yeah, Star Wars. Sun- yeah, yeah, <laughs> and uh, Disney Legacy stuff. Yeah. Versus Cartoon Network, there's a lot of. It was really cool to see everyone into underground comics. Yeah. Um, a very, a very different style. A lot of rubber hose stuff, but yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's good. And uh, say Warner Brothers has their superheroes and Looney Tunes stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a great answer, man. Um, I just want to ask you the same same question uh, since you've been in the same situation. uh uh, How do you feel about working in, uh, say, children's shows versus (laughs) adult animation? Um, That's a good question. (laughs) I feel like I should be prepared for anybody to reciprocate one of my questions. I, I agree with you. I'm learning a lot yeah. because um, this is my first primetime show, being on Close Enough. Um, but I'm lucky that it's this hybrid because the show creator, JG, is coming from kids' TV, or at least um, super young adult yeah. TV. So there's some sensibilities that drag over. So it's almost like a half step for me. Instead of like, if I were to be thrown onto Rick and Morty, right. I'm sure I wouldn't keep that job too long. <laughs> They'd be like, what are you even doing here? Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think you'd be fine. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, you know what kind of jokes I make off the microphone <laughs> yeah. when, we're, when we're playing pool downstairs. Yeah. yeah. Um, but thank you. And when you're uh, trash talking. 
Yeah. Trash talking me. That's when I, (laughs) (laughs) that's when I really glow as an artist. Um, (laughs) It was when I'm trash talking, but I definitely feel that um, there's so much to learn from each bracket. I agree that I hate storyboarding songs. Yeah. Um, And for the exact same reason. But we're good at it, I have to say. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) it's true. We're able to keep a job doing it and asked to come back. So, yeah. Um, I love certain elements about each one, like in preschool stuff. Mm -hmm. I love drawing something that's so cute that I can make even an adult get squeamish over it. Like, oh my gosh, this is the cutest thing I've ever seen. I love working on um, kids stuff like the mid range six to 12 because that's what inspired me mm-hmm. a lot and that's kind of where my sensibilities lie I think well working on uh, Spongebob Squarepants must have been awesome <laughs> because like the the funny drawings I just I love that sort of thing yeah. so I'd love to I gotta say man <laughs> I I lucked out I don't I, I lucked out like yeah. the the universe was looking out for me and you know whatever cosmic power that led me to that i got to learn from my animation heroes from like living legends on that show on how to execute jokes and and draw in a certain way that it's just like you said it's just the drawings are really funny not to brag about my drawings but to say (laughs) what i was able to learn from these masters like my mentors like um vince waller you know like a lot of these guys are just kind of unmatched in what they can do, you know. Um, and another one was Tuck Tucker, who really um, did a lot for me to launch my career. Yeah. Um, so I owe a lot to those guys. But anyway, and then working now in prime time, like you said, you get to push the envelope and see what mm-hmm. kind of things you can do. Yeah. And I think I'm lucky that on this show, they're not too gross, you know. Like, right. even though yeah, it's yeah. an adult show, there's not like, you know, uh, inappropriate jo- it's more more theme right it's adult themes yeah. rather than like just uh, 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 vulgar jokes it's not just gross out yeah which yeah. <laughs> which, <laughs> which I don't think I'd want can, to do either right. you know so yeah there's a lot to learn but yeah I think that's kind of my thought on it is um, there's something good to take away from each one there's something challenging about each one because you know adult TV tends to be um a lot more limited, like you said, about the artists take a back seat yeah. to the writing and the voice acting. Right. Like they want those two to shine more right. than drawing. So that's harder for me. Mm-hmm. It's like telling a kid <laughs> on a sugar rush to sit still. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, yeah, it, it gets a little tougher for me because I want to do something that's more like my old, yeah, like SpongeBob or Teen Titans Go sensibilities where I want to like do something real crazy. But. And, and creative. You want to have and creative, put yeah. in your creati- creativity sometimes. Yeah, right? and on primetime shows, they're a little less interested. And, in well, a that. lot of times there's just no room for it. Because, That's true, too. Because yeah. there's just so much information and exposition they have to get through. Yeah, it's absolutely so, true. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, this has been a really fun conversation, um, and I really appreciate you spending the time to join me on the podcast because i i've been wanting to get you on for a long time thank you so much for having me (laughs) yeah (laughs) of course of course um i'm really excited to hear what sam spina thinks about this uh episode (laughs) yeah (laughs) he seemed very excited by it oh man yeah we'll find out what he has to say uh all right cool man um well thanks again and uh i can't wait to play pool maybe tomorrow yeah yeah (laughs) you should have a trash talk episode yeah, we'll just start recording Not, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll make my own, awesome. my own podcast. The stuff that Chris says. <laughs> I'll join. This you guy for works sure. in kid shows. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Awesome. All right, man. Well, thanks a lot. All right, thanks. All right, friends. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. Please don't forget to rate, review, and share this podcast which you can do right from your podcast listening app, so it's super easy. Also, if you're wondering how to get in touch with myself or any of the TAN crew, please feel free to check out theanimationnetwork.org to read more about what we've got going on. And, uh, And speaking of other TAN crew members, don't forget that this week is the relaunch of the TAN newsletter that uh, Cassie's been working on so hard. 
And if you've read past volumes of the newsletter, then you know you can't afford to miss it. And if you haven't read it, be sure to sign up. It's completely free and comes right to your email inbox. Just sign up with one step right through theanimationnetwork.org slash newsletter. Awesome. Well, that's all I got for you this week, friends. Thank you so much for tuning into and being part of The Animation Network. Are you still there? Great. Please don't forget to check us out. We're all over the internet. So come find us at places like Twitter at T-A-N underscore podcast. And of course, on Facebook at facebook.com slash animation network podcast. And our home on the web, which is theanimationnetwork.org, where you can see all the things that we do that are the Animation Network, all of the team members, and you can email us directly. You can see all the services we provide so that you can have support on your journey toward breaking into animation. So come check us out.